all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8. And hold up. Coming at you from the great state of Texas. Texas. Proclaiming the gospel faithfully and fearlessly. Bridge Radio is back with another fantastic program. <laughs> what up, Abrilla? How you doing? I, I see that we're playing The Price is Right this morning. Is this something that you watch when you're a little kid? Of course. <laughs> that is the show among all shows. Whenever, whenever I was sick and at home, uh, you know, I couldn't go to school. I used to sit down and watch that with my grandma. Th- this this intro is like the most legendary recognized uh, uh, game show theme song, and uh, it's just excellent. I love it. it no, it's great. I can't, I can't I can't help but think about Bob Bob Barker, and and, and he always makes sure to neuter your your dogs and your cats. <laughs> he and did. at the end of the show. He did. Yeah, no, I I remember watching The Price Is Right. That's yeah, that is a great theme song. Thank you for listening. Um, I think I was out in the last podcast, but uh, it's good to be back. It is. It's always good to have the AW Varilla back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you're new, subscribe. Uh, we're on iTunes, Android, Windows, Google Play, and Bridge Radio. Uh, oh, obviously, Bridge Radio. Obviously, I meant to say the Bridge app. So you could go to your app store, uh, mm-hmm. type in Bridge Ministries, and you will find our app there. It has a lot of theological goodness. So uh, we have everything from articles, uh, especially for from our guests today. Yep. Uh, we have uh, expository sermons through some of the books of the New Testament. We're trying to grow that. And obviously, you could find Bridge Radio on this. So please uh, just share with your family and friends. Uh, and also, Amazon Smile. Um, please. Amazon Smile is a website operated by Amazon with the same products, prices, and shopping features uh, as Amazon.com. We love Amazon, don't we? Yeah, we do. I do. I do. I, 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 I just got a Amazon credit card about like two months ago because I was shopping there so much and now I get like great rewards. So, yeah. <laughs> no, we're like doing a plug for Amazon. I know we now. are. That's terrible. <laughs> anyway, so that, that wasn't my point. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that was my point. so Sorry. yeah, go visit Amazon Smile. It's the same thing as Amazon.com. The difference is that when you shop at Amazon Smile, the Amazon Smile Foundation will donate. Uh, 0.5% of the purchases uh, of the purchase price of eligible products to the charitable organization of your choice and so you could find Bridge Ministries on there and that would just kind of be a means to help uh, support Yes, support Bridge Ministries. Ministries, Yeah, and thank you very much for all our listeners that do support us. Uh, We cannot do this uh, without your help, and we just want to thank, give thanks to everybody who uh, uh, contributes to that effort. And uh, and and yes, and especially to our uh, now as we have a more of a worldwide audience. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we were you know Julio and I were talking last week that uh, we're just starting to see more listeners coming from different parts of the world, and Mm -hmm. uh, we just want to say thank you. We should send we should give a shout out to yeah uh, california Cal- california Ca- california was actually our remember it was our second most viewed viewed that, state so thank you yeah people are listening out there yeah uh, yes california i meant like maybe outside of the united states oh even that oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah obviously so, too yeah but yeah thank you very much um i know that we have a great following in new zealand and australia yeah, australia so shout out well. to you guys thank you very much yeah thank you thank you so much please like and share so Today's topic uh, is going to be interesting. It's going to yes. be interesting. I think it's going to be a really, really good discussion, especially since uh, not only here at Bridge Ministries, but the community that we have here. Uh, we come for, we're come. we obviously Protestant, and as we know, under Protestantism, there's different denominations, uh, such as Lutheran, Baptist, Episcopalian, Anglican, Pentecostal, Methodist, Reformed Baptist, and Presbyterian, right? Yes. There's a whole whole load of them, and then we also have our viewership is a, is a mix of, of that as well. Um, but I think it's, it's going to be a really good conversation on today's program because we're 
we're going to be discussing theological differences, okay? Uh, more specifically, primary and, con- uh, not contrary doctrine, primary <laughs> and secondary doctrine. Uh, so what unites these denominations? Uh, what also divides these denominations? Yes. Uh, should that division concern us? And uh, Abe's actually going to be talking a little bit about a thing that we call here at Bridge Ministries, taking it to tacos. Taking it to tacos. And, <laughs> and before we introduce our guest, I just want to say, uh, so uh, we hold a uh, Bible study here on Thursday, and you know we have a group of men uh, mixed with uh, pastors, uh, just theologians that are, and we and we have our theological difference. Uh, while, while we're here at Bridge, we try not to discuss those uh, those topics here, uh, and we just try to concentrate and focus on uh, the Bible study. and study the Bible. Uh, so what we do, and do, we do have those uh, differences, and we want to discuss them or uh, we, 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 I, I say let's take it to tacos. It's right. the road. It's like because uh, after we're done with our Bible study, we go get tacos at yeah. this uh, uh, breakfast tacos over at this Mexican place just down the street. So that's where we hash it out, and it's kind of <laughs> hilarious because uh, we'll have people around us, and we're just like going back and forth, and like it's no whole bar. And yeah. um, we love these brothers, uh, yeah, and, they lo- and they and they love me, and, uh, and and we have these discussions, and 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 sometimes it just feels that uh, you know we're you know there's differences, and we're pointing out scripture, like we take yeah. it back to scripture, and we're just like, man, don't you see this? And he's right. like, don't you see this? Like, yeah. don't you see? You know, yeah. And we, everybody has their Bibles open or their uh, Bible app open. Yeah. And like, look, see, see, see. You know, everybody's <laughs> like, no, this means in the Greek. No, no, no that's not what it means. You know? right. So, so that's what that's what it is when we take it to tacos. tacos. We uh, we take it somewhere else to discuss mm-hmm. these theological differences. Where right. And we do it with love. Uh, we do. And uh, and sometimes in the past it's gotten a little you know heated, but you know we come back and we hug it out. You know, mm-hmm. and, and just say, hey, I love you, brother, and you know. Mm-hmm. And then underneath my breath, I'm like, Lord, open their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, on both sides. Yeah, that's on that's both sides. Funny. So, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, let's introduce our guest. Uh, he's He's been on the program multiple times, and uh, our guest is the author of Five Solas, Standing Together Alone, also out in Spanish. Not out, but we're working on it, because it might be published. So, yeah. uh, And also the 12 Whatabouts, Common Objections to the Sovereignty of God's Election. He's a senior pastor of King's Church in Piero, uh, Piora, Arizona, and again, joining us today is our dear friend and brother in Christ, John Sampson. Thank you for joining us, brother. Great to be on the show with you, and Abe, always enjoy it. It's a privilege, as, as always. Oh, good to have you back, John. Yes, it's it's always great. to. How have you been? How, how's everything been going on at King's Church? And tell us a little bit about that. It's been great. We've actually outgrown a, a senior facility that we were meeting in, and we're meeting in a larger place now, and um, it's been just a, a, a great time of growth, actually, as well mm-hmm. as the, the normal pains of growth and people are, who are needy and people who are hungry and all of the gamut there, but uh, we're enjoying the ride and preaching the gospel. So what did, what did you think about uh, taking it to tacos? Is that a, that a, that a nice little I way to hash it out? that's a great idea. It's a way of... Uh, People growing in the Lord and growing in their stomachs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's very good. What very would be good to, to just uh, a lot of things are broken down in terms of hostility over a meal. Very much. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would be the equivalent in Arizona? I mean, I know that we're in a prim- primarily. Uh, there's a big, uh, there's a big Hispanic, uh, Hispanic uh, 
population, so it might even be the exact same thing. We need to need to start the same thing here. I think it would work here like it works with you. Yeah, <laughs> taking it. Tacos. That's right, uh, Arizona. That's right, taking it to tacos. Yeah, we should we should coin that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. So let's uh, go ahead and dive into today's topic. Uh, first question: Why do any of us believe false doctrine? I think because we're prone to deception. We're prone to get things wrong. It's a consequence of the fall. Uh, theologians have a technical term to call it the noetic effects of the fall uh, in terms of our inability to think clearly. And we all have this tendency. Mm-hmm. And what we need to agree on is what God has revealed. Uh, Why I say what we need to is because the U.S., uh, the Constitution here, allows us to believe anything we like, and um, you're not going to be prosecuted for believing false doctrine. Right. Uh, You can start a church that believes crazy stuff, especially if you might start it in California. (laughs) You can uh, maybe get a following. You know, I don't know if that's true, but that. (laughs) <laughs> There's so many crazy things that come out of California, and mm-hmm. we're the next state along, and, um, you know, it's just fact. I'm actually thankful that the Constitution gives us that right. Yeah. But here's the kicker. God never gives us that right. Mm. God never says, it's okay if you believe false doctrine. And what we need to come to is the fact that God has revealed himself, he's revealed his word, and there's a concept called the perspicuity of Scripture. It's clear, the word perspicuity means clarity. It's clear on the essentials. There's verses in Second Timothy uh, chapter 3 that says, the Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation. Mm. Some people say, oh, you can never right. know. Uh, it, it's all fuzzy. And, and the Bible says, no, uh, there are some things that are very, very clear. Mm. On the other hand, I remember reading in Second Peter chapter three. Peter was, Peter was writing about his uh, his brother Paul, the apostle, and he writes this: as also in all his letters, speaking in them concerning these things, among them which some things are difficult. Uh, one version says hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. So Peter was able to recognize, I'm finding some of the things Paul wrote hard to understand. That's actually a comfort to me mm, that the yeah. Apostle Peter felt that way. Right. Uh, but he says there's two things that go on that make, make us get things wrong. We're untaught and we're unstable. We have a lack of knowledge, we're ignorant, and we're uh, uh, unstable. We, we have emotional biases, mm-hmm. and for many people it's emotion that rides that, that drives the train they they say i, I could never love a god uh, that and then fill in the blank they, they have this idea of who god is mm. and what he's like and uh, all too often we're not uh very uh quick to go to the scripture because we think why should i i know what i believe the bible's obvious in what it says and it is on the essentials but some of these uh other doctrines which we'll talk about uh, really, pride is at the root of uh, of us all as as, as, as sinners. Mm. It, it, uh, the pride's the root of all deception. And what we need to do is rather than point the finger and say everyone else has pride except me, <laughs> is realize <laughs> that pride lurks in all of our hearts. Yeah, and uh, we 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 are prone to get things wrong if 
we don't humble ourselves before the scriptures, and we can talk more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just real quick, uh, you just uh, made some really good points, uh, John, about um, about emotional bias and, and pride being the root. Uh uh, as Christians, how do how do we just overcome those things to to be more in line with our brothers in love? Uh, putting those em- emotional biases, if we can just kind of touch that a little bit more, because you're right. Um, Absolutely. We, we yeah, come... I, I think the starting point is to recognize. Uh, Dr. James White said it very well. We all have traditions. Those most blinded by them are those who don't think they have any. Yeah, and realize that that's taking place in our own hearts. There's people right. that come to the Bible for the first time, and they think, "Well, I'll just read it." And uh, I don't have any traditions. I've never been in a church before. I've never picked up the Bible before. But yeah. even in that scenario, you have a view of life. Right. You've got a world, world view. Yeah. You've got right. things that you believe, and our tendency is to see that in the Scripture rather than hear and see what the Scripture itself. Uh is saying and uh oftentimes we need to to have that as a starting point to say i am prone to error uh here's what i see in the scripture let me point it out to you quickly and clearly this is what i'm seeing in the text how how is it you're seeing this text differently and ask ourselves the question is it possible for the person i'm talking to to be a genuine follower of jesus and still believe what he or she is saying here, because oftentimes we don't do that. We, we, we think, that this is obvious. Why aren't they seeing this? Mm-hmm. They're obviously not a believer, and we immediately, uh, because of maybe things we've heard or things we've imbibed with through the, through the years of right. thought a certain way, we have the tendency to think that this guy's just completely off. Uh, he, he, it's obvious what this text is saying. And uh, what the what the view that is right here is, um, if you allow me, I thought of a couple of illustrations that might be be useful for us, just to get our discussion going. Mm-hmm. And that is, let's let's say uh, you, Julio, I'm writing to you from New York, mm-hmm. and um, you're in Texas. I normally live in Arizona, and. Uh, the Phoenix area, but I'm I'm in New York. I'm staying there for a weekend, and what happens is the electrical grid goes down on a Saturday night. It's the middle of January, let's say, mm-hmm. and I write in an email to you um, because all the electricity's off. I say everyone in New York is cold tonight. Uh-huh. Now the reason I'm saying that is because there's a lack of heat in the mm-hmm. apartments, in the homes, and. And uh, you you understand that because I've given you a context Mm -hmm. uh, of an electrical grid going down. No one's got electricity for a few hours, and it's at night, and everyone's cold. Mm -hmm. But you can take the phrase, everyone in New York is cold, and build a a doctrine on that and say, look, there it is. John says, everyone in New York is cold. They're just cold-hearted people they they <laughs> hate visitors they yeah. they hate anyone who doesn't have a new york accent you can uh-huh. build a whole skyscraper doctrine on a phrase that has been taken out of its context because mm-hmm. that's not what i was saying right the cold i was speaking of is, uh, is a uh, the word cold has a context and that is the context is physical heat mm-hmm. or the lack of it 
-hmm. not emotional warmth to the outsider. And so that's a story that I think is just helpful because we we tend to look at a verse and not see the context and not be interested in the context. And if someone said, hey, I've read an email from uh, John to Julio and he, he... he really doesn't like New York people. He thinks they're all cold. <laughs> well, you've, you've totally misunderstood yeah. the email. Yeah. And that's what we do with the scripture. The, the second illustration was, let, let's say, uh, again, I'm writing to, to Julio, and, and uh, I, I write this. Uh, after church on Sunday, I took the family to McDonald's for a happy meal. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, let's say that... Uh, not archaeology, but some sort of technical ability uh, arises whereby 300 years from now, someone finds that email. Mm -hmm. And they they don't know who I am, they don't know who you are, but they know there's someone called John, someone called Julio, and uh, they read that statement, after church on Sunday, I took the family to McDonald's for a happy meal. They do a little bit of research on the word McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Okay? And let's I know perish the thought for some people, this is hard for anyone to even contemplate, but let's imagine a world 300 years from now where McDonald's doesn't exist. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> let's say Taco Bell takes over everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's no yeah. McDonald's. Oh, man. Okay, so he's looking at the word McDonald's, the name McDonald's, and he finds out it's, uh, 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 it's of Scottish origin. <laughs> okay, so a little bit of study. It's of Scottish origin. So here's what he concludes from this email that he uncovers 300 years from now. Okay, John Sampson, um, okay, he had, he's obviously got a deep friendship with a Scottish family. And uh, after church, it was his regular habit, habit to, to go for meals with this McDonald's family and... Uh, the happy meal obviously that means he enjoyed it immensely mm-hmm. now in both those scenarios you and i because we know context know that's a false interpretation right uh, new york people were not spoken of as cold emotionally mm-hmm. and john was not talking about this scottish family yeah. mcdonald's in the 21st century is a restaurant and a happy meal is a, one of the things on the menu right. for kids who want less than the full meal. They have a happy meal and usually a toy with it. And we, we know the context, but 300 years from now, we may not know that unless we study. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that's our tendency, that's what we do with the scriptures all along. And our job is not to find out what a particular passage means to us in the 21st century, but what it meant when it was written to the people to whom it was written, because yeah. that's what the Bible means. And mm-hmm. so that's why we study. That's why we have uh, knowledge of background to know something of uh, the time of the first century so that we have the filter to, to filter out these false understandings that we are prone to because we can't help looking at the first century from the 21st century because that's where we're coming from. We're like yeah. fish in a fishbowl. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're in the water of the 21st century. So our job is to go back and learn and study. And uh, here's why we get things wrong, to answer your question. Yeah. We, we have a tendency to be lazy and not do that. Yeah, um, j- yeah j- that was great. Just to go off of what, what John was saying, um, 
even in that Dr. James White quote when he says, you know, he who says he has no tradition has the most tradition of all. Uh, when it came, before coming to Reformed theology, when I would look at words such as free will or predestination or, you know, election, salvation, justification, uh, I had quite different definitions based on sort of the uh, the tradition of, of the churches that I was attending or sort of the worldview uh, that was being uh, that, that I was studying or immersed in and uh, but whenever you come to study scripture especially with like free will um, free will is defined very differently from um, you know what the world would describe free will as and so that's just kind of an example of how I would just kind of carry that tradition in and read read the scriptures so I, I, I completely agree with you John that was my, that was me too I we, we, we live in the air of a free will understanding which is pagan mm-hmm, it's yeah. not derived from scripture we think we can do anything we want to do and we fail to see the cannots in the bible no man can come to me unless and all of these scriptures that jesus made clear in john's gospel and elsewhere we, we have that tendency to because of our tradition overlook and not see what's clear in the scripture when it's pointed out you say oh yeah i see it here and i mm-hmm. see it there and i see it all over the place now but our tradition tends to to blind us and that's coming at any conversation with that as a, a, a as a spirit of the conversation is always helpful hey show me what you're seeing in the text because i'm yeah. seeing this show me why i'm wrong mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah it's uh we live in the what we call the burger king model have it your own way have it your own way right yeah, mm-hmm. and that if you go against that, it's, everybody gets all crazy. Yeah, so yeah, so um, the doctrine of sola scriptura is, is very important. That's the doctrine that we believe that God's word is the final authority. Uh, it's inerrant and infallible, uh, and it's and it's the uh, final authority over all Christian life and practice. And so when we come uh, to read God's word, uh, God's word is perfect. Uh, it's 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 the uh, noetic effect of sin which uh, we carry on to reading the scriptures, which causes uh, distortion. Yet, we do affirm, just as John said, that you know there is explicitly clear doctrine that we must adhere to, to, um, to for salvation, for justification, and that the church should just be in unity together. So, John, uh, St. Augustine said this, In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. And in all things, charity. Can, can you unpack what uh, Augustine was trying to say there? Yeah, the the first phrase, let's do it phrase by phrase. It's a, it's a good summary of what I think is important to, to embrace. Uh, there are essentials of the faith. There are things that must be believed to stay within the bounds of what we call orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lines uh, are, are marked whereby stay within those lines and you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. Go outside of those lines, you're now believing something so false. Yeah. Scripture refers to it in Second uh, Peter 2, verse 1, King James Version, as damnable heresies. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are doctrines which, if believed, damn the soul. They condemn the soul to hell. Mm-hmm. For instance, Jesus said, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins, John chapter 8. Mm-hmm. In other words, you, you and I need to get it right on who Jesus is. We, we have no right to... Uh, to believe in a false Jesus, a Jesus who doesn't really exist, because a false Jesus isn't the real Jesus. Only the real Jesus lived in human history and yeah. uh, was the second person of the Trinity and uh, came became a man and all of this. So a false Jesus can't save. So 
the essentials are uh, what we agree on as as Christians concerning uh, the essential faith, the Christian faith, where we talk about monotheism. There's only one God. Mm. And right there, we divide from many other religions that yeah. have a plurality of gods. Uh, Mormonism is probably the most pluralistic religion mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. uh, alongside uh, Hinduism mm-hmm. because it believes in many gods. Mm-hmm. And right there, there's a dividing uh, dividing line that is a very strong one. And uh, we need to start with there is one God. Then we move on to who that God is. And he's revealed himself as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's one God, three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that's the Trinity. We must believe that because Scripture has revealed that as the God who is. Then we come within that to talk of the deity of Christ. He's he's God, fully God, truly God, as well as truly man. Then we talk about uh, the, the fact that Jesus is that second person of the Godhead, that he was born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross as an atonement for sin. He rose again from the dead. So we talk again of his resurrection. And then we talk about, as an essential, how the sinner is made right with God. And that's when we come to uh, the sure doctrine based on Scripture alone Uh of sola fide, justification by faith alone, mm-hmm. not by works, not by a combination of faith and works, but by faith alone, we're declared right before God. And so these are essentials because we need to believe in the right God and the true gospel to be a to, to be having a conversation with a fellow Christian. Right. So someone who is not able to embrace even those things, these are the most important things to talk about and to come to unity on so that we can at least say, oh, okay, this is a conversation taking place uh, with a brother or a sister, and we've got, uh, we've got these things down. In essentials, we must have unity. Mm-hmm. That's the first phrase. Yeah. Next phrase, in non-essentials, liberty. And so here we come to something that you alluded to, the idea of primary doctrine and secondary doctrine. Mm-hmm. There are doctrines that have its source in demons. The Bible says that, that doctrines of demons, and that is anything that would damn the soul, damnable heresies. There are secondary doctrines whereby you and I can disagree on a certain uh, doctrine, teaching, and still be part of the kingdom of God. To believe something other than the deity of Christ puts us outside the kingdom. But if we disagree on what we call a secondary doctrine, it doesn't put us out of the kingdom. But that's not to say these issues are not important. They are important. And here's what we believe, believing the best about our brother and sister. Mm. One of us is wrong. One of us is grieving the Lord by not believing what he has revealed. Here's what I believe. I don't believe any of us are going to get to heaven and God say, you know, I didn't really make that issue clear. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, he's made himself very clear. Mm. And the reason why we mess up is because we're not diligent enough to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, I, I remember uh, preaching recently. Uh, we're going through John's Gospel. We're in John chapter 5. 
and we have the verse in verse 39 where Jesus is challenging the Pharisees and he says, you search the scriptures uh, because in them you think you have eternal life and you're not willing to come to me. And these are things that speak of him. He's made himself clear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I remember just recently a quote of uh, John MacArthur where he was saying that their issue was not that they didn't study the scriptures enough, but they were unwilling to see what was obvious in the scripture. Their tradition right. trumped scripture. Huh. It wasn't the fact that they studied too much. The issue was they willfully denied what was staring them in the face. Hmm. And uh, Jesus was able to look at them and say, those scriptures, uh, the the Moses you think you're following, he's the one who's going to condemn you in the last days because he was speaking about me and you know it. And so we need to get off the idea that, oh, if you study too much, you're going to end up deceived like the Pharisees. No, Hmm. they, they they didn't study enough in the sense of, they allowed their tradition to rule their view of the scripture. They say, well, Rabbi so-and-so has said this about the scripture. Uh, Rabbi so-and-so has said this. And they're not willing to forsake that yeah. and look at what the scripture has said and proclaimed very, very clearly. Mm. Yeah. So uh, that's the issue with me, and that's the issue with anyone I talk to. And we should have an openness to say, in these non-essentials, we can disagree and still have Christian unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can have liberty, even though one of us uh, is wrong. I remember a conversation John MacArthur was having with R.C. Sproul, who differed on some of these uh, secondary doctrines in terms of the mode of baptism, one being a Baptist, the other being a Presbyterian, one believing in uh, credo baptism, you believe, then you're baptized. Others, uh, like Sproul, who would say, uh, no, we believe uh, infants can be. And here's the conversation, the, the tone of it. They believed that if one could convince the other from Scripture mm-hmm. what the truth was, that their brother would change in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Right away. They, they didn't come to agreement, but they had that basis of the conversation. If mm-hmm. I can show from Scripture why his, this man's view is wrong, I believe the best of my brother here, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll change. And both were able to affirm that of each other. Yeah. And I think that's great. If we it can is. start by that, to have that conversation saying, look, hey, John, uh, I'm seeing this in the scripture. Are you seeing that? No, I'm seeing it. And at least have the conversation in a tone that allows for someone to still be in the kingdom here. Um, we can have liberty in these things. They may not be able to serve as elders in the same church, but they can preach at each other's conferences. Yeah because uh, they are united in the essentials, yeah. and they can preach with gusto uh, 95% of the things they embrace mm-hmm. together. Yeah. It's those non-essentials where there should be liberty, and then the last phrase, in all things, charity, which means love should be seen in all of our conversations. Uh, we, we need to show yeah. uh, maturity, and, and, yes. and we need to make it clear, we as the church have not been very good at this at all. There's a tendency because uh, maybe we were raised in a certain church that had um, what we don't know to be an extreme view of the end times that uh, is actually kind of a new kid on the block historically, but we don't know that because we've got 17 books on the subject Mm -hmm. and uh, we've, we've got our 
CDs, we've got our DVDs, and we're immersed in it. And we don't mm-hmm. realize that in the wide, wider world, it's actually a very mi- minority view. And so we think that anyone who's not of the same persuasion, let's say someone is, um, I don't want to throw out words without uh, defining them, but, you know, pre-millennialists, they're pre-trib, or they're, anyone who's not pre-trib, they're, they're outside the kingdom. No, mm-hmm. no that's, that's extreme. Yeah, that's an extreme position. And uh, historically, they, the, the, the world church would look at you and say, who, who do you think you are? The pride in that statement is amazing. There are some big hitters in the kingdom of God who's never even heard of your position, mm-hmm. let alone believed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think that R.C. Sproul and MacArthur were a perfect example of that. And you mentioned the modes of baptism. Um, R.C. Sproul and John MacArthur did debate this, and they just uh, affirm each other that they're brothers in Christ and, mm-hmm. and, and will you know, defend the gospel. Uh, the gospel through scriptures yeah. to to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I, I think that we've talked about it before. I think this is a great uh, example of friendship, even though that they have these uh, secondary doctrine differences. You yeah, know, in, in, in the boats of baptism and you know things like uh, John was just talking and they, about. Exactly, and they were able to have a conversation. They even had a, a public debate and mm-hmm. started as friends and ended as friends, mm-hmm. yeah. even though. One was not able to convince the other of the view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even in, even at uh, uh, R.C. Sproul's uh, funeral. funeral with John MacArthur, that was, was, in a, that was a, such a beautiful speech mm-hmm. John MacArthur gave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, I, "I've never been so scared in my life um, <laughs> when I debate. was preparing preparing the debate with R.C. Yeah. Sproul." <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, he was very clear how how deep his friendship was, and his love for uh, a brother his was, his yeah. love with his brother, and, and I, I think that was just great. The other duo that I like to see is uh, Dr. James White and Dr. Michael Brown. Yes, and they have a, and, you know, and we know that they um, have a difference of opinion on uh, predestination and free will. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure you're aware of that. Uh, John, uh, but yet we've seen oh, yeah. we've seen those yeah, two yeah, and uh, to, and the, the issue of spiritual gifts, the spiritual gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they can go they they can go and take on the Unitarians who deny the Trinity together and do a fantastic job together in other uh, other venues and things oh, yeah. like uh, the the sexual issue and yeah. uh, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. They they do debates together as a team because they they are able to get past the differences mm-hmm. in that. Then you to realize that ninety-five percent of things here, we're, we're on the exact same page. They may not be able to be elders in the same church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, let me give you an example of that. In I, I heard of uh, a church in Japan, but they were thrilled because they had two elders. One was Baptist in persuasion, the other Presbyterian in persuasion. Everyone's thinking this is historic. This is wonderful. Well, everything was great until about three months into this, when. A family, a, a husband and wife, had a little boy, and they said, "Now, what shall we do with this little one regarding um, baptism?" Yeah, <laughs> that's when the, uh, it became an issue. What? Because the, the the Baptist guy would say one thing, the Presbyterian guy would say something else, and so you know, you you understand that uh, in, in an eldership position, that the elders need to be making a clear sound. Yeah. Um, and, and when we get to, to heaven, we'll realize one was right, the other was wrong. <laughs> I don't believe there's a third option. Yeah. And, and there'll be a lot of weeping in that sense. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. But we, we need to understand the, the brother who might be of a different persuasion is 
is trying from their understanding to believe what Scripture says rather than tradition. Believe the best of them. Mm -hmm. i got many Presbyterian uh, friends, brothers in Christ, and we have conversations, and we we both believe that the other one wants to obey God. We're not trying to dismantle Scripture here, Mm -hmm. but we have a different understanding, and... uh, one of us is, is grieving the Lord, uh, and, and we need to understand that it's important, an issue, but it's not putting us outside the kingdom, and that's why we can have conversations on these things. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, let's dive into these primary doctrines. I was hoping to get into maybe the secondary doctrines today, but we might have to do a part two. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, um, so you mentioned, too, in the, in the primary doctrines, uh, that's the essentials. You mentioned the deity of Christ, the gospel, which is justification by faith alone, and as well as the resurrection. So let's start Nazism, with the deity uh, of Christ. You mentioned John 8, 24, which says, unless you believe that I am you will die in your sins. So could you uh, could you unpack that, uh, John? The deity of Christ. Yeah, the deity of Christ is an essential doctrine simply because that's who we're dealing with when we talk of Jesus. He's not simply a moral teacher. He's not simply a great one amongst gurus. He's not on anyone else's level. He is God manifested in the flesh. And if we understand that God has revealed himself in Scripture, we read, Um, John's Gospel, we read all through our Bibles, and we see uh, the deity of Christ outlined from the very first verse in John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and this is the one we're talking about, verse 14, this Word that became flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is the one we're talking about, and if someone is not able to proclaim the deity of Christ, he might be an interesting fellow but he's not a Christian. Right, right. And, uh, you know, the most important part of our faith is not really how hard we believe, but in whom we believe. So Jesus made clear that yes. that uh, what someone believes about him is essential. And I think it what's really, really important, and what I would like to emphasize, John, is the I am part. Unless you believe yeah. I am, which is uh, ego I me. Um, and, and that's a reference back to Exodus 3.14, which is when God is proclaiming uh, himself as God. Could, could you talk about a little bit about that? Because that's very, very, very important, uh, what Jesus was getting at. Yeah, there, we that can't he underline God. that enough. Uh, it's interesting, in our own day, um, we, we have to challenge people to believe in the deity of Christ. Back in the first century, it was uh, the opposite uh, issue in that people could believe he's God, but not believe that he's human Mm -hmm. and that's why uh, john wrote what he did in his gospel first john has written as it is is who's the spirit of uh, antichrist he who denies that jesus christ has come in the flesh yeah and so it's interesting how the issues on these things change but the essential doctrines are the same the full deity of christ the full humanity of christ yeah Uh, he came as god manifested in the flesh. Uh, First Timothy speaks of this. Colossians 2, in Christ dwells all the fullness of deity in bodily form. Um, and so it's absolutely essential that we see in, in the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, he is God. He makes it clear. Uh, we're going through John 5 at the end of it in, in our uh, Sunday sermons right mm-hmm. now. John 5 is all about Jesus in his self-testimony 
saying, I'm God. Mm -hmm. My father's working, I'm working. That mm -hmm. was a claim to deity. Just yeah. as my father's in his shop working, I'm in the same shop working. Where yeah. I'm working with my father. We're on the same level, he and I. Mm -hmm. And over and over again, Jesus made it clear, you, you have to start with him that way, um, or else you deny all that it is about him, and you're denying the father's testimony about the son. Mm -hmm, and that's mm -hmm. why uh, Islam is is not just uh, something to to um, avoid. Islam is a direct con uh, a, a confrontational attack on the person of Jesus Christ right. as the Son of God. It's one of their fundamental statements that God has no son. Yeah. And so we, we've got to get it right on the person of Jesus. And as you say, you can't underline that enough. Yeah, uh, I know this is not a show where we're taking an hour to talk on the deity of Christ, but we could. It's, it's there. He, Isaiah nine six. He's the mighty God. Yeah, and that's a phrase used in chapter ten twenty one. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that speaks exactly of, of Yahweh. Jesus mm -hmm. is Yahweh. He is God manifested in the flesh, from Old Testament to the New. Um, our great God and Savior, Jesus yeah. Christ. Second Peter says. Uh, this is the God that uh, has revealed himself. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And these are essentials. And, and one of the things we do at, uh, at King's Church, we, we liken uh, the, the opposite in the first century. If you were in, say, Corinth or mm -hmm. Ephesus, you went into a meeting place, didn't know what was taking place. Perhaps you were in Ephesus. The announcement may be made, we're here to honor the God Diana. Great is Diana of the Ephesians, and everyone would make a raucous noise, and the service would uh, continue in honor of Diana, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, let's do the opposite and say, okay, you may not know what you've come into, but here we're honoring the one true God, the eternal one true God, Father, Son, and Spirit. He's the one who's going to be honored here. And we make it clear, and I, I believe we need to make it clear, this is the God that anyone uh, needs to believe in. The, the gospel uh, includes the fact that by means of what Jesus has done, he brings us to God, who is the Trinity. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I was just thinking right now, John, um, as, as we talk about this, I know that we're not getting um, right now just really specific, but also uh, just uh, Matthew seven twenty one just came, what, what are the consequences when we don't know the, 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 true, the true Jesus. And Jesus was very clear, mm -hmm. not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. I mean, I think that's probably one of the most scariest, probably the scariest yeah. verse in the Bible. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and, right. and, and, and when Jesus is saying the word, Lord, Lord, they, it's an intimate, like, I knew who Jesus was, but I didn't know who he was. Jesus like, says, I never knew you. Yeah, and um, and yeah, he, yeah and he's yeah. and he says, I never knew you. He who practiced lawlessness in some translation, and I, I, I think the part for me. I mean, those are scary words. Those are. are, and 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 that's why it's so important. Uh, John, the justification by faith alone, the gospel. That is another essential doctrine that we must adhere to. Um, unpack that for us uh, just a little bit. I know these are very deep topics, but um, these these uh, yeah, these I'll things that we must very be very glad. To I, I remember a conversation I had with uh, someone who was very influential with me as an older Christian when I was in my teens. And this is someone who uh, regularly 
uh, goes and preaches in both Protestant and Roman Catholic churches, and I asked him one time, what do you say when you go into the Roman Catholic Church? And he says, well, I speak about divine healing. And uh, I said, well, that's interesting, but what about the gospel? Mm-hmm. And he says, what do you mean? And I said, well, as I understand uh, Rome's doctrine, at least officially, they've put an anathema on anyone who believes what I do, which is justification by faith alone. Yep. The Council of Trent uh, makes it clear it's, it's unalterable. It's an eternal curse, uh, an anathema on anyone who believes what mm-hmm. I happen to believe, what the Reformers believe. And he came back and he said, John, he says, you need to get over that. I said, why? He says, well, can I give you a picture, he said. I said, sure. He says, you're seeing Jesus with a clipboard outside the church checking people's doctrines on the way in. Mm -hmm. And if they get certain pass score, they're in. And if they fail to get their theological uh, ducks in a row, they're not able to enter in. I said, you really think that's what I'm saying? He says, yeah, you've got Jesus with a clipboard looking at people's doctrines, and you need to get over that. Mm-hmm. And I said, may I respond? He says, sure. I said, I can respond in one word. He said, what's that? I said, Galatians. Yes. Yeah. And there was this uh, silence. He, he, uh, he didn't want the conversation to go any further, because if there's just one book in our New Testament that dismisses that idea. It is the book of Galatians. Here we have people who had many, many doctrines right, the -hmm. Judaizers. They believed there was one God. Mm -hmm. They believed Jesus was the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in. They were singing the hymns in the churches of Galatia Mm -hmm. with gusto. All they did was add one thing to the gospel. Happened Mm -hmm. to be circumcision. Mm Mm-hmm. And Paul had to write and say, you're false brothers, uh-huh. Galatians 2, verse 4. Uh, you, you're, not, you're not real brothers because you're, you're adding to the gospel. And he says, look, even in chapter 1, even if we, he's talking as an apostle, or an angel from heaven to come to you and preach any other gospel, yeah. let him be anathema. Let him be under the eternal curse of God. Uh-huh. And so... Uh, where, where people go with that is they say, where's love in all this? Where's love in all this? And I say, you know what? It's in that same book of Galatians where Paul outlines the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he says the fruit of the Spirit is love. And that's just after saying <laughs> what he did about the Pharisees, that yeah. the, 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 the Judaizers in the congregation who wanted to add to the gospel, um, he, he didn't... Uh, allow them to be called brothers. He called them to repentance. And then he says, and the fruit of the Spirit is love. He saw no contradiction Uh between the fruit of the Spirit being love and calling people to to count for the gospel. And so that's how essential the gospel is. That's why you can't read Galatians and not understand the gospel, justification by faith alone, which is spelled out in Romans and Galatians so very clearly. Oh, it yes. is an essential element of the Christian faith. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so and, and it's very important because justification by faith alone is the difference between true religion and false religion, a biblical Christianity and a false Christianity, a, a true gospel yeah, and a false gospel. Yeah. And so just to kind of define this, justification, um, that's the act of God's grace in declaring sinners fully uh, acquitted and counting them as righteousness, uh, as righteous before him on the basis of the finished work of Christ, received through faith alone. That is justification by faith alone. And as as John said, um, just bringing up Roman Catholicism, because that's a really good contrast, which does, you know, work and work, uh, work and faith. They add faith and work in order to be justified. Um, the book of Galatians, I mean, if you read Galatians 2, 16, nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we believe in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of law. Since since by the works of law, uh, no sh- uh, no flesh shall be justified. Uh, very 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 clear, John. Uh- it's absolutely clear, and that's why when we talk about uh, the first point we were making on the clarity of Scripture mm-hmm. on these essentials that must be believed, it is very clear. The Scriptures yeah. are able to make you wise for salvation, mm-hmm. and that's what you've just outlined. It, you don't need help to misunderstand that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's clear. You, uh, you don't need a rabbi or a priest or a pastor uh, to to walk you through what that verse might mean. It's clear what it means. Right. You don't need help. It, it. We are justified by faith apart from works. Mm-hmm. Romans 4, verses 4 and 5, spell it out. To the one who works, uh, what he's paid as a wage is what is due. But to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, the wicked. Yeah. Uh, God counts it as righteousness. It, it's so clear. It is. It uh, is very it's clear. not of works, lest anyone should boast, Ephesians 2. Uh, we, we need to believe that to be true Christians. Yeah. That's that's awesome. And, uh, John, as we are um, coming up on here in our last 10 minutes, um, um, just going back to the non-essentials or secondary doctrine um again earlier when we we're going to try to touch on it uh we've talked about modes of baptism eschatology um if you can maybe touch on some of the other non-essentials and um how should disagreement look like between the essentials and non-essentials or primary and secondary d- doctrine yeah well there's a lot in that question in the sense of uh, answering it one of one of the secondary doctrines are, are preferences um music uh, in the area of music people have preferences uh, some like hymns some like uh, choruses some like some combination of both and uh-huh. these are not issues on which we should break fellowship with anybody yeah. um th- these are issues that uh, really have no bearing on whether someone's in the kingdom or not. Again, that that's the basis on which we're talking about these as secondary doctrines. So in the area of worship, a lot of people, that when they're checking out a church, uh, they they uh, are wanting to hear what the music it sounds like. The right. first thing on my list when I check out a church is I go to the statement of faith. Yeah. Uh, what do they believe? Mm-hmm. That, it, to me, is much more important, vitally important. Are we uh, talking about the same God? In fact, uh, a couple of months back, maybe three months back, I was checking out a church. Someone asked me to, to, you know, what was my opinion on such and such a church? And I went to the website, wasn't looking at the youth group, wasn't looking at this or that. I went straight to the doctrines 
that they embraced. And I read a phrase that could be translated uh, favorably to both a Trinitarian and to a modalist. That's a, mm. a, a, a heresy of the ancient church that is still alive and well, very sadly, in our day, which says that God has certain modes. It's like he's an actor, and sometimes he appears on stage as the Father, sometimes as the Son, and sometimes as the Holy Spirit. And these are modes of being, um, and they refuse to say that there are three divine persons. So mm. I wrote a little email to the pastor and I said, uh, you know, you, haven't, you don't subscribe to a confession of faith, which I think is the way to go because people have worked through these things for centuries, and uh, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. In fact, if someone comes up with a new view on the Trinity, run for your life. <laughs> run for your life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit's been with his church through the ages. And if you've come up with something new, do you really think God was saying, I'm waiting for the for 21st century to reveal the truth about myself to Jason over here in wow. Albuquerque? Really? Really? No, that's uh, that's what happened with uh, Joseph Smith and the Mormon Church, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah. everyone else is wrong. And again, doesn't that appeal to pride? I alone am right. Well, I wrote this email. So could, you know, and I, I didn't tell him who I was. I uh, just said, uh, could you make it clear what uh, what it is you believe? Are you Trinitarian or are you modalist? And uh, your, your statement of faith, uh, it should say something like this, and I outlined what it says, but in that it doesn't, and it says this, you're using the word manifestations rather than persons. Mm. Could you clear up whether you're Trinitarian or uh, modalistic? Right. And uh, I waited a while, thought, oh, the guy's not interested, he doesn't want to reveal himself. Well, apparently he didn't get the email for about a month, mm -hmm. and then he wrote and said, um, thank you so much for writing. I do want to make it clear, and in fact, we're going to drop our statement of faith and take on the words that you expressed. And I thought, wow, that is wonderful. Uh -huh. That is wonderful. So that people yeah, understand good. when we go to church, whether we're singing in uh, with an upbeat song or a less than upbeat song, I want to be worshiping the one true God, or else I don't want to go at all. Right. Hmm. And so that that's the the area where we say primary is doctrine, secondary is the actual uh, music and I'm sure if uh, David was allowed to uh, be beamed down from heaven and showed us uh, how and what it sounded like when he composed the 23rd Psalm, "The mm. Lord is My Shepherd," it may not fit into 21st century categories. Right. We might think, why? Why was that popular? Right. <laughs> why did people sing it that way? And um, we don't have the music score mm -hmm. in our in our Bibles. Right. So these are not essentials but the fact is we love psalm 23 even though we don't know what the music style was yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. awesome uh, thank you for just i i know that we can touch on each one and spend a lot of time with it and i just wanted to just kind of get a just an overview and there's just a lot there there is um and and thank you for that yeah and just just a, an example here of you know me abe john sampson uh Abe's a Reformed Baptist, John Sampson's a Reformed Baptist, I'm a Presbyterian. On all the essentials, we will agree and defend mm -hmm. and die on a hill a thousand mm -hmm. times. Um, however, there are secondary uh, doctrines, which we do disagree. Yes. Uh, you, you could see it actually within us. I, I hold to postmillennialism and eschatology. Mm -hmm. Abe holds to dispensational pre-mill, and John, you're odd mill, correct? 
Yeah, I check with Jesus. He's on mail, so that's good. <laughs> see, uh, see, we, we tease each other. Abe oh, and I on yeah. the podcast. If you listen, we're always teasing each other. Oh, on yeah, yeah, and not, uh, here at, at Bridge, we're always teasing each other, and and, and we have a really good time. And uh, we do, and and and, and 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 that's where and and we take it to scriptures, and you know, it was we were talking about yeah. earlier, and 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 that's where we stand, and you mm-hmm. know, we have these discussions, and and yeah. and but I know that. Um, Julio is going to stand with me mm-hmm. on those essential doctrines, the primary doctrines, and right. you know we're 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 not going to move away from those things, you Never. know, because I'll burn Julio yeah. at the stake if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. All right, John. Well, we're going to go ahead and land this plane, guys. I know that was a very loaded uh, a podcast, yeah. a lot to digest. Uh, hey, if you, if you want a little bit more on like each point, especially on the essential doctrines, we would be glad to do a podcast on that, especially the deity of Christ. Very very, very important. Mm. But, uh, John, as we're landing the plane for the podcast, can you share the gospel with our audience? Yes, I'd be very glad to. And it starts with the fact that God is the one who's revealed himself. He didn't have to, but he has. And he's revealed himself as the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He has been God from all eternity. He's awesome in majesty and splendor. Uh, No man can stand in his presence without being given access by what he's done for us. And the reason for that is something called sin. We've sinned against this holy God, which is a grievous thing. It's absolutely abhorrent in the universe that we would take on God by the things we've thought, the things we've done, the things we've said. We've trampled his name in the dirt. And this one who is far more majestic than any prime minister, president, emperor in human history. This is the majesty of all majesties, God himself, the Holy One. And all of us have sinned and grieved God by our actions. Mm -hmm. And God could have wiped us all off the face of the earth. He did it one time in Noah's day, apart from Noah and his family. He's every right to do that. But God is not only a holy God, he's a God of love. Mm -hmm. And this God has sent his son into the world who did amazing things born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, never had to say sorry to God or anyone else. The Father was able to say, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. This was the one God gave us. God loved the world by giving us his Son, and he died an atoning death whereby he took the sins of everyone who'd ever believed in him, and he hung there and died for our sins and rose again from the dead and is now the majestic Lord of all glory ascended to the Father's side. And he calls every one of us to repent and believe this glorious gospel, believing in him that he took our sins, that he rose from the dead, and by believing in him we have eternal life. So I call on everyone to repent and believe this wonderful good news. It's free, it costs God everything, Hmm. but it's free to us. Believe in him, trust in him alone, and you will be saved. Not me saying that. It's Scripture that says that. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, John. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, that wraps up this podcast. Uh, if you want to support uh, Bridge Ministry, please visit uh, www.bridgebookstexas.org. 
click the about slash giving tab and you can find more information about us through our website uh, and also help support this ministry that is just so dedicated to proclaiming the gospel, to teaching, Bible studies, outreach, etc. Also, uh, both in our community, within the states, and also uh, out out into our, our worldwide audience. If yeah. you want to donate some books to us that are uh, biblical, reformed, uh, please feel free to send them to us. Donate yeah. us. Donate to us. You could email me at uh, juliobridgeman at gmail.com, and uh, I would be glad to give you some information on that. Or you could visit our website. So uh, anyway, guys, we'll see you on the next podcast. And as always, what is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Later. Thank you.